Hello! How's it going, people? This is Justice Seymour. Yes, solar-powered radio, right? Solar-powered. How's it going? This is the F and Nerd Show. I'm an F and Nerd. Uh, this show's usually on at 9 a.m. on Sundays. This will be the last time it's on at noon on Wednesdays. But it's, uh, it's a fun time. Might be a little bit shorter because uh, I'm doing another one on Sunday. I want to like outstay my welcome, I guess. Uh, let's see what some housekeeping to do. Uh, so, SpaCon, that's this weekend. Am I gonna go? Haven't decided yet. I might. Uh, I you know they started the SpaCon when I went to school in college. Went to Southern Arkansas University. I was over there, and I was always a little upset. They started, like, it seemed like right when I left. That's not true. This is the third one, I think. Third or fourth. I think it's the third. Uh, the first two, they happened while I was at school, so I didn't get to show up. So, might be a good change of pace for myself to go see what what it's all about. I've never been to a Comic-Con in general. Not even, like, in Little Rock or in, uh, you know, the big ones in San Diego, New York, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I might just, uh, I might pop by there. Haven't decided yet. Have not decided. Also, you know, it's a, it's a full show today. Not really. We'll see. You know, I have some stories to talk about, some songs to play, some, uh, I don't, I, you know, I might do calls, but whether or not we get any, that's another story. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be back uh, after this song here. And we'll get into today's stories and whatnot. Yiz out. I'm sorry, I don't know why I did that. Have a good day. But I'm coming back after the song, so don't go anywhere. So yeah. Woo! A bright girl. Brown eyed girl, yeah, right. Yes. So, how what does today entail? Today entails some stories, just some. Down the caravan is on its way. Oh. I can't have. Whoops, that was an accident. That was on me. I apologize. Anyway, what's going on? What are we doing? We're figuring it out. We're working on it. So look. A lot, man, it's been a busy news week. Lots of news. Lots of news coming out. And I'm trying to figure out what is worth talking about. So, we're getting into it. Let's see. First things first. Get what you deserve. But, alright, so this isn't really good news at all. This is actually pretty horrible news. But the writer of Junie B. Jones... She died recently. I believe it was today. Her name, Barbara Park. And when when she go? It happened... Whoa! It happened years ago. Okay, now I'm even more confused. Like today, I had... Uh, I was scrolling through the book, the Facebook... 
and I saw uh, people getting upset about uh, Barbara Barbara Park dying. The the author of Jenny B. Jones, B stands for Beatrice. Yeah, you know, I used to listen to my second grade teacher read those books all the time. Uh, I think it was second grade, second or first grade. First it was Miss Clements. I don't know if that's her name anymore. And Miss, I think her name is Valentine. I don't know if that's her name anymore either. Uh, shout out to you two. Yeah, you, uh, formed my early childhood in a way. Uh, well, that is unfortunate. She died in 2013. That was a whole, man, seven years ago? That's not good. You know, every day, just like, oh, time keeps moving forward all the time. So, yeah, that I thought that was big news. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm sure it was big at the time, but it has been like seven years. <laughs> so, you know, B still stands for Beatrice. Pour one out for Barbara Park. On more uplifting news, Big Mouth. Anybody see that show on Netflix, Big Mouth? I like that show. What's that all about? It's about a bunch of... It's a cartoon. It's a raunchy, R-rated kind of cartoon uh, that depicts uh, cartoon youngsters going through puberty. And I kind of like it. It means more than what it is, in a way. Sure, it's funny. Sure, they get a little crude on that show. Nick Kroll... Uh, it's one of the main writers on it, along with uh, John Mulaney, creators. That show, yeah, they do, they do some pretty messed up stuff. And every time you think, oh, they're not going to go there, they're not going to go, they're not going to get too nasty, not too messed up. Every time you think that, they they go there, they go that far. But uh, overall, the show is just a good way of communicating you know, the troubles of puberty and and stuff like that to, to the youngsters out there because it's more for them than anybody else, I think. Uh, and I appreciate it. I just appreciate uh, sending a helpful message to the youths through uh, entertainment means. I think that's the best way to get to anybody. That's how I learned anything. In high school... Middle school. I only liked science because, uh, just superheroes. I liked like science, and they talked about a bunch of fake sciencey things. And if that fake sciencey thing was somewhat related to the real sciencey thing I was learning in class, I was all over it. Uh, I learned all the elements on the periodic table because Tony Stark in Iron Man Two learns how to formulate a new element. I don't know how. Well, I do. They show it in the movie. Kind of. It shoots like a big laser at a triangle. But, uh, yeah, that's how I learn. That's how, just, that's how I learn things. Birds of Prey. Anybody see that? Ooh. Did anybody see that teaser they had? I'm going to see if I can't find it real quick. Uh, attached to It Chapter 2. You know, you're starring the show, or starring the movie. You see all the balloons flown up, and you're like, oh, it's about the time to float. And then uh, Harley Quinn smacks them. I'm going to try to find it real quick. But the Birds of Prey, they just got a new poster. 
and it's okay, sorta. Uh, but first, let's take a look at this little this little teaser here. I'm gonna do that now. Over clowns. That sounded like she cursed, but I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if she said the F word or if it was just like. I feel like I I feel like they just kinda cut the F part out, so it made it sound like she cursed. Uh, but that does lead to some interesting ideas. Is this Birds of Prey movie? Which Harley, uh, the full name is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I like the title because uh, I just, I like big, complicated, stupid words that kind of don't mean much. Uh, except for introducing probably the main idea of the movie. The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Not two, but one. Uh... So what I hope out of this movie, not like Suicide Squad. Don't make it like Suicide Squad at all. Uh, I kind of wish uh, this wasn't all about Harley Quinn. The poster depicts her with basically all the birds of prey, her included, I suppose. And the villain, played by Ewan McGregor, he plays Black Mask. They're just flying around her head because, ooh, Harley Quinn, she's all crazy. And, uh, yeah, that's what they sort of do. Do I hate it? No. Am I... I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Holly Quinn because I didn't care about Suicide Squad and I don't like the message Suicide Squad with Bar uh, with Harley Quinn and the Joker what they sort of... Uh, I feel like romanticize in a way. I don't like that relationship which I think, uh, you know, I think I've said a few times on the show before. But, uh... Yeah. Fantabulous Emancipation. I see, I like to say it a whole lot because it's like a fun little tongue twister thing. Uh, but it, is this movie going to be rated R? Because, you know, they, uh, DC seems to be experimenting with their R-rated films with the Joker coming out pretty soon in a couple weeks, a few weeks, I guess. Also, uh, as much as I didn't want that Birds of Prey movie to be Harley-centric, I think... Uh, once it is, you know, I think that's the point. They they were trying to find a reason to get Harley Quinn into something. And maybe, I guess, this is a way of them killing two birds with one stone. Hey, let's give Harley Quinn a lot more to do and make the money off the Harley Quinn merchandise and all that stuff. And also try to launch a new uh, franchise with the Birds of Prey. Uh, we'll see if it works out, but it could not. It doesn't matter. Uh, DC's doing fine right now. So is Marvel. But that could change any day. You never know. Anywho. I think it's about time I play another song. Um, and then... Yeah, we'll get into some more stuff. Yeah.
Hello. Well, I'm back again after that break. What did I play before that break? It was a 21 Pilots song. It was before they were all neat. And I know people are always like, oh, I liked them better when uh, before they were, you know, popular and big. I didn't. I liked, I, you know, I got into them when they got popular and big, but uh, I do much like their their older stuff more than their newer stuff. Personal preference, you know? Although I hate that heathen song from Suicide Squad. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it, I hate it a lot. Yeah, don't at me. But, uh, you know, the thing about uh, a lot of artists is that when they're poor or struggling and trying to do their thing and the world just keeps telling them no, that's where you get the, that's where you get that, that sweet stuff, you know, where they try the hardest and they have less options and they have to get creative. It's just easier. Whereas when they're famous, they have to like, they get to do whatever they want. And sometimes that's fine. Sometimes it helps them out. Sometimes it unlocks a new thing, but sometimes it creates some problems. Like, you get too big, and you get too confident. Much like, oh, watch this segue, Disney, perhaps, with uh, with their Spider-Man debacle. So, uh, update on the whole Spider-Man thing. Those who don't know, Spider-Man is not going to be in the Avengers, getting out of the Marvel Studios, uh, you know, thing, because of Disney versus Sony. Uh, Disney was like, pretty much, give us more money, we'll contribute more to the Spider-Man brand and uh, Sony was like, uh, no you're too big, you're an evil monster, you're trying to eat every studio out there, I ain't trying to do that, I just bought a bunch of stock in my Spider-Mans, so uh, I, the reason I'm bringing this up again is because I watched Spider-Man Far From Home again last night uh, it came out on digital I think yeah, digital not Blu-ray yet, Blu-ray's like next week or something, week after that, doesn't matter or does well yeah it doesn't matter uh man that's spider-man he's a good one that tom holland and just watching it i could see like i was really trying to pick apart the movie trying to see like could this survive without any mention to the avengers maybe those specific movies the first two spider-man movies that they came out with from marvel probably not uh they probably you know they're very very stuck with the avengers and uh Iron Man, Tony Stark, all that stuff, but Far From Home, and, you know, if Homecoming was kind of like, uh, the merging of two studios, come, like, the representation of two studios put inside their differences to make money, uh, Far From Home kind of felt like a good breakup movie for the studios, in a way. Uh, in a way, like, the whole movie appears like, oh, I can't be the next Iron Man or the next Captain America. And the whole point of the movie is basically saying you're not, and you're not ever going to be, and you don't have to do this Avengering anymore, uh, which could work out. We don't know, but what I like is just Spider-Man being left to his own devices, and the way that movie, from a like in a, from a Sony perspective, you can see it as a breakup movie, like. Okay, this is like Sony is trying to break up from Marvel. But from the Disney point of view, Spider-Man Far From Home kind of looks like a uh, like a marriage movie. Like, oh, this is going to be forever. This is going to be our thing. This is what we're going to be doing for a while. Uh, that's good and all, but no. And here's the thing. When Marvel Studios started, they didn't have access to 
Spider-Man or the X-Men or the Fantastic Four. They only had access to those Avengers. And even though we like the Avengers now, uh, when I was a kid, I did not care about those stories. I knew they existed. I was like, okay, cool. So what? A bunch of a bunch of B-list superheroes I don't care about teamed up together to make a team that I don't care about. I didn't care about S.H.I.E.L.D. or none of that stuff. I didn't care. Uh, but Marvel Studios, since they couldn't have their big properties, they had to make general audiences care, and that's what helped them out. As much as I like Spider-Man being with the Avengers, uh, it's too easy, I think. Too easy for Marvel to be trying to be making their Starboy. Uh, and especially right now when they're about to be coming out with a bunch of movies I don't really care about. They need to make me care. I think by not having Spider-Man and focusing on those projects that could help keep Disney Marvel stay fresh while also keeping... Spider-Man saying fresh. Now Sony cannot rely on Disney or the crew over at Disney Marvel to make Spider-Man good. They have to like buckle down, get that spire, you know, tap into that spire verse creativity and uh, really set something up, make something good out of it all. Speaking of uh, a little bit of Spider-Man, recently Kevin Feige he released a little snippet uh from the first iron man way back in the day when uh you know nick fury comes out and he's like think you're the only superhero in the world i want to talk to you about the avenger initiative uh well apparently that had a lot more referenced in that uh sam jackson as nick fury references mutants of the x-men and also uh, radioactive spider bites I'm trying to find a clip of that. But it goes to show that they didn't know what they were doing from the beginning because they didn't, even though they didn't have those properties, maybe they were hoping that if Iron Man was good, that they could maybe get Tobey Maguire Spider Man to come in or, you know, those OG X Men from like X Men The Last Stand to come in. Because those movies had just come out in 2007 and Iron Man came out in 2008. So. If you line those up, you know, Marvel Studios could have been referencing those two uh, franchises, and uh, that would just be a very different Marvel Universe now, where you got Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and, you know, Halle Berry, Storm, you still got Patrick Stewart, and uh, Ian McKellen as Magneto and uh, Xavier, not respectively, I did that wrong, but whatever. And that would just been a different universe. One probably, I don't know if it would have worked out better, but it was one we kind of wish would have worked out now, at least. Uh, I'm still looking for that thing. But, uh, so, this thing that Kevin Feige, the producer of all these Marvel movies that everybody loves so much, he was talking about this Blu-ray that uh, he might be coming out with for the Infinity Saga, which is why he's calling basically all the Marvel movies that have to do with the Infinity Stones uh, in one big Blu-ray box set. And I gotta tell you, I am a sucker for big Blu-ray box sets. I have a Breaking Bad box set where it has like a money barrel that one of uh, one of the money barrels Walter White hides his money in and buries in the desert, stuff like that. But here's a clip. 
Here's that. Uh, hold said. up, let me pause this. Here's that clip, and Kevin Feige talking about it a little bit uh, from the post credits of Iron Man One. Here we go. We'll never show this to anybody. Put it away. We're bringing them out. We're putting them on this disc, and I'm about to show you a deleted scene that has never been seen by anyone before. Right now. Thank you again so much, and enjoy. As if gamma accidents, radioactive bug bites, and assorted mutants weren't enough, I have to deal with a spoiled brat who doesn't play well with others and wants to keep all his toys to himself. Who the hell are you? Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. Well, what are we avenging? Whatever the hell we want. You can tell that was a little bit ad-libbed. Because they didn't know what they were going to avenge. They didn't know if they were even going to have the Avengers. It's funny, when you think way, way, way back, ten years ago, uh, before D Disney didn't buy Marvel Studios until 2010, uh... Marvel Studios had to partner up with other companies to make their movies. They partnered up with Paramount to make Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. Partnered up with Universal to make The Incredible Hulk. Well, technically, Universal had the Hulk. It's a whole thing. It's very similar to the Sony deal. Except, uh, the reason we haven't had a Hulk movie all this time is because Universal refuses to pay for a solo Hulk movie because it's just going to help fuel the Disney machine. Uh, but... Uh, Disney can use the Hulk in just about any kind of minor appearance. Uh, that's why he's teamed up with Thor in Thor Ragnarok, and that's also why he's in, uh, you know, the Avengers movies. He just can't have his own movie until they get the rights back from Universal. So, yeah, that's the whole thing about that. But, uh, yeah, Marvel Studios was way smaller. Way, 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 way smaller back in the day. And it wasn't until 2010, after they had just finished making Iron Man 2, which was about to not get that many great reviews, uh, you know, that was how it was going to be for uh, until Disney bought them. In fact, uh, Dis uh, Marvel was having issues trying to pay for Thor and Captain America, the first Avenger, but Disney was like, you know what, we're going to buy Marvel for $4 billion, I think. No, I don't think... How much did Disney buy Marvel for? I don't know if it was two million or four million or billion. Oh, it was. It's four point two four billion dollars they bought Marvel for. All of Marvel, Marvel Comics, Marvel Entertainment, all that jazz. Uh, but you know what? Good for them. Good for Disney for getting in while the. Right before the kettle got hot, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm about to go to another musical break. Uh, just bear with me a second. Bear with me a few seconds, if you will. Or not. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite. Uh... Favorite movie of all time. Is that weird? Probably a little bit. Here's a song from that movie called Lakeshore Drive. Here we go. Sleeping on my own LSD. 
Ghostbusters. So, has anybody heard about the new Ghostbusters movie they're making? Yeah, they are. No. No. It's not a sequel to the all-female Ghostbuster movie. Which, first of all, if you're hating on that all-female Ghostbuster movie, F you. What are you doing? You know? Uh, Ghost, the first Ghostbusters, four comedians from Saturday Night Live. Well, that's not true. I don't know if Ari Hudson was uh, on Saturday Night Live. But it's about a bunch of comedians, most of which were off of Saturday Night Live, just hunting ghosts. And was it a franchise? Yeah, it had a sequel. But I think we as a modernity... Modernity? Mon- mon- Nowadays, we we consider Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters a little bit bigger in a way, I think, than it used to be. I think that's the main issue. That doesn't matter. Point is, the all-female Ghostbusters movie did okay, I think. I don't think it did that well, critically. Just because people are just... Uh, I think some people are jerks. I'm sure it's fine. A lot of people liked Chris Hemsworth in that movie. They thought he was funny. Yeah, he plays their secretary. But, you know, they're making a new one. It has nothing to do with that one. This new one is actually going to be kind of like a sequel. Kind of like a Ghostbusters 3 sequel reboot. Uh, it'll have, like, Finn Wolfhard. You know, that one Stranger Things kid who's also in it. That you're like, oh, I know who that is because he's in everything. He's in Stranger Things in it. He's going to be in it. Presu- presumably as a Ghostbuster. Uh, Carrie Coon. She's going to be in it. If you, don't know, if you don't know who Carrie Coon is, her biggest role was in, uh, well, the one she was probably most seen in was in Avengers Infinity War. It's Proxima at Midnight. She was the alien-looking lady who, uh, you know, fights the Avengers, one of Thanos' henchmen. She's also in uh, my favorite show ever made called The Leftovers on HBO. One one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to talk about The Leftovers for like an entire hour. And you'll see what I mean. Or you won't. You'll just get annoyed with me. But the point is, Ghostbusters making it new one. Who's directing it? Not Ivan Reitman, who directed the original Ghostbusters, uh, original Ghostbusters, but his son. His son, Jason Reitman. He's directed a lot of indie movies. So this is kind of like the biggest movie he's going to be do, uh, doing. Uh... So, yeah. Uh, who's returning? Of course, Harold Ramis. He cannot, because he died a few years ago. Uh, Bill Murray, presumably. Uh, recently been confirmed that Ernie Hudson will be coming back. And Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, for years, probably since the second Ghostbusters, has been saying, oh, yeah, we're going to make another Ghostbusters. And I guess if you just say something enough times... And beg people enough times, they'll do it. And then if they don't put you in it, then they look like the jerks, so they have to put you in it. So good for Dan Aykroyd for getting in there. Another sequel that they're making too late, maybe? Maybe not. Zombieland 2. Double, well, it's called Zombieland. Double Tap. What are they doing? Well, I uh, they are fighting zombies. Uh, again. I think zombies are about to come back as, like, a movie monster that we appreciate again. It's about that time. Uh, they haven't made a Zombieland sequel 
for over 10 years because of a few reasons. One, all the actors in the first Zombieland, except for Abigail Breslin, who I guess uh, Zombieland was like the end of the beginning of her career and the beginning of all the other people's careers. Woody Harrelson, you know, he's always been big. He's always been in stuff. But he's been in more stuff, I think, since Zombieland. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, of course, blew up. Emma Stone, of course, blew up. She won an Oscar since then. I think Jesse Eisenberg was nominated or even won as well. Uh, they've all just blown up. And now, after Jesse Eisenberg hit those... Uh, oh, and also the writers, they wrote uh, Deadpool. And now they're writing Deadpool. Uh, and they wrote Deadpool 2. And now they came back for Zombieland 2. Just everybody's been busy. But now, since Jesse Eisenberg hit the... Batman vs. Superman slump, and since uh, Emma Stone, she hasn't really been in anything that hasn't been more art housey lately. Uh, Willie Harrelson seems to be always just down to do anything. Abigail Breslin, I, don't, I haven't seen her do anything in a while. So everybody is not busy enough to where they can make a sequel to Zombieland. But does anybody care anymore? Maybe. Do they still have it? Do they still have the chops? Do they still have that ability to tackle the horror comedic, the horror comedic elements that the original did? Eh, maybe. I think so. I have a uh, good faith in them. And if not, whatever. You still got the first one. You can always look back on. Uh. Will Smith's doing a Gemini Man's basically a movie where he fights a younger version of himself. It would look cool, except the younger version of himself has, like, the 90s haircut that Will Smith had in the 90s, which is what they're using as the younger version of himself. Weird, I guess, but they're doing it. What else? Uh, yeah, that was the, uh, that's the news for the day. I got about... I think I'm about to do it about for 10 more minutes. And uh, that I think I'm going to call it, a, call it a day. So here's what I'm going to do. And I'm scared to do it. I'm always scared to do it. But then again, I'm like, nobody's going to call, probably. But I'm going to open up the, the lines. And you can call if you want to call in. If nobody calls in within a span of, like, I guess seven minutes... Then uh, we're gonna call it a day, and this will be this will be wrapped. This will be a good episode. So the number is five zero one six two seven zero seven eleven. I'm gonna say it again: five zero one six two seven zero seven eleven. You can call. Uh, you talk about I don't know, whatever. I guess just don't you know don't say anything you shouldn't say on the radio. Ask me a question, maybe. Uh, shout out people, maybe, I don't know. Whatever people do when they call into the radio. And I'm just going to rant. I'm just going to rant and ramble until somebody calls. If nobody calls, that's the end of the show. That's how I'm going to do this all the time. Unapologetic. If I don't have a call uh, planned, just open up the lines. Nobody calls within a certain amount of time. We end it. And I get to go home a little bit early, you know? And that doesn't hurt. That never hurts. Uh, I'm going to say the number one more time. This is the last time, so if you really wanted to call, you got to get the number now. 501-627-0711. Now, 
If you don't call, don't worry. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to just go home and relax. If you do call, uh, you've got six minutes to do it. Uh, so that's your prerogative. And I'm just going to look for more news stories to talk about. Some of the smaller things maybe I didn't get to, I didn't care about. They changed the Flash's suit. The CW's The Flash, getting ready for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Ready for that. Uh, they put the chin strap back on, which, not gonna lie, looks better. It looks better than without. Uh, but I appreciate that they tried it. What I like about those CW shows is that they will try anything for a season. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. They'll just change it, go back to the way it was, and try something else, you know? And I appreciate that. At least it keeps them fun. And they, they just get to make more costumes, which is more toy money. So everybody wins, probably, right? Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Kind of care about it, kind of don't. Uh, I don't know what it is about the Terminator movies. Technically, for a movie, for a series that, only, that has five movies now, and it's franchise. Oh, wait. Terminator 1, 2, Judgment Day. Wait, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Was Terminator 3? Rise of the Machines, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis. Jeez, this is a, Terminator Dark Fate is a sixth, sixth Terminator movie for a franchise with six movies, and only we only consider two of them good, one of them great, one of those two great really. How does it's like the Terminator? This franchise just won't die. It'll just continue going after Sarah Connor because that's almost like what all of them are almost about. And, uh, good for them. When Arnold said he'd be back, he meant it. Six times. So good for him. Let's see what else is burning up the, the, uh, whatchamacallits, the lines, burning up the thingamajigs. You know what? I don't know. Uh, I really don't. Sylvester Stallone, Rambo, Last Blood. That's coming out, the new Rambo movie. I've seen the first Rambo. Not seen any other Rambos. But uh, I like the premise, like the idea. You got go picture, kid. I I like that saying, but... uh, I don't know if it works with me saying it. Netflix really knocking it out of the park there lately. Just doing their things. So yeah, yeah, looks like this is a this is a good show, a good middle of the week show. I didn't want to go too long this time around, just because. Uh, I'm gonna to have to do it again on Sunday, so this why it's a short episode. But anyway. It's been fun. It's been cool. Calm, cool, collected. That's what we've all been here today. I think we should appreciate. Give yourself a big old pat on the back for uh, for doing that. And, uh, yeah, that's just it. So, like I said, I love Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Here's yourself uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 song again. You, you know, stay... Stay you. I was going to try to steal a catchphrase, but I don't have one to steal right off the head, uh, top of my head. So yeah, be you 
forever. I'm an effing nerd. I'm Justin Seymour. K-U-H-S-L-P Hot Springs. That's how it be. Good afternoon. <laughs> Thank you.